So, Birdo, I watched a documentary about lying, and they presented a lot of research, psychological research about lying, a lot of facts about lying, which seems like an oxymoron. And I thought I would talk with you about the documentary and about all the research I looked up, and we could discuss lying. What do you say, Birdo? Let's do it. This is the Psychology and Seattle Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist, and I'm also a professor. My name is Humberto Castaneda. I make uh, triangular ice cubes. So I acquired the following facts. This isn't the documentary, but from the internet, various different websites, brandongale.com, littlethings.com, and other places. Tougher bluff, Birdo. Americans lie 11 times a week. Tougher bluff. <laughs> 11 times a week? Um, well, if we are talking about all sorts of little white lies included, then I'm going to go tough. Yeah, it is tough. What do you suppose they are measuring as an incident of a lie exactly? You know what I mean? I mean, to be completely literal, it would be any time that they make a statement non-ironically that is factually not true. Right. Right? But but in practice, that's kind of odd because it's like there's so many relative things like, oh, did you did you park close? Yeah, but you might disagree. But, you know, like I'm not lying. I'm just kind of fudging the facts, but it's not not a big deal. Right. Is lying, I'm obviously telling your spouse that you didn't cheat on them when you did cheat right, on that's them. that's clear. A, that's a lie. <laughs> but I'm guessing that's not the majority yeah. of these 11 times a week. Is lying like when you, I don't know, someone asks you, so did you tip them well? And you're like, yeah, I tipped them pretty well, even though you kind of know, ah, I only tipped them. Right. Is that what we're talking about? I, I imagine that's the majority of these lies. It's like seemingly smaller, inconsequential lying or lying on a, an exam or your boss says, so did, so did you show up on time today? And you're like, yeah, yeah. even though you're five <laughs> minutes late or something. Or you tell your boss, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't turn that in. I was real sick last night, even mm. though you went out with your friends instead. You know, I'm guessing yeah. those are the on Yeah, I will go with that. Tougher, I can go with that. Tougher. <laughs> is that? Oh, by the way, everyone out there in podcast land, Berto is actually in the studio with me right now. We are <laughs> podcasting in in person. This is crazy. We're so close we can touch fingers. Can touch, ooh, touch fingers. We just touched one finger. Reach out, touch fingers. Berto got his second vaccine uh, a little bit ago, and so we are raring to go, spitting in each other's faces like the old days. Yeah, it's crazy. How, how do you feel? I, On the one hand, as I said when I walked in, part of it doesn't feel that long. I mean, other than your, your place got rearranged pretty significantly. But I guarantee if you hadn't rearranged it, it would have felt to me like I was here a few weeks ago. But at the same time, it's like a year and a half, so it yeah. feels crazy. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> elements are like that for me. I, I, you know, you and I were very careful during the pandemic. And very careful. The whole time we're just so desperate for a return to normal life. And we're fantasizing about, oh, it's going to feel so awesome when we do these things. And then we do them, and it does feel awesome. But then it doesn't feel as novel to me as I thought it would feel. Mm. You know, like the first time I went to a grocery store, it felt novel for sure. But at the same time, I thought, well, I'm not, I'm not like rolling on the ground in ecstasy. You know, yeah, <laughs> right. it, it's just kind of interesting, I suppose. Right. It's a measured uh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, which makes me worried that the in four years, our entire society will have forgotten 
all of this and we'll just go right back to our own lackadaisical ways. It could be. Tougher bluff, Berto. When people lie, they look up to the right. When people lie, they look up and to the right. Tougher bluff. Hmm. <laughs> I'm looking up and to the right. I actually don't believe that's a universal. So maybe there are some tells that people have, but I wouldn't imagine it's always the same. So I'm going to go bluff. Yeah, it's bluff. There's a ton of pseudoscience about body language and lying on the internet. So don't believe the hype. Uh, <laughs> all that eye movement, body language crap that you see on YouTube. Total pseudoscience, meaning that they uh, you know, talk about it as if it's scientific, but there's no empirical evidence of their claims. It certainly would be wonderful if we could detect lies by measuring people's body language. We could figure out if a criminal was telling the truth or not, but right. alas, we do not have that ability. Tougher bluff, Berto. People are better at detecting lies if the liar is wearing a face veil. So a like, face like a, veil. Like a ninja. You Ooh. Know? Yeah. Wait, they're better at detecting the lies if they're wearing a face veil? If the if target, the, if the target who, is, who, who is saying oh, the lies. No, you would imagine that it'd be the opposite. You'd, you'd Im- Oh, wait a minute, though. Maybe it's more in the voice than the face. <gasps> oh, it's such a tough one. Let me think. And no, I don't mean tough. I haven't answered. Wait. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go bluff because I, I believe maybe you get subtle cues from the face. It is tough. Eyes reveal really? more about lying oh, wait. than the rest of the face. So, Oh, does the face veil not cover the eyes? Right. Oh, okay. oh sorry. Well, yeah. I said like a ninja. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, now I see. Yeah. yeah so the eyes need to be visible, right. but the rest of the face might distract you. Right. I think that's the suggestion is okay. that when you aren't distracted by the rest of the face, you're a little bit better at detecting lies. That's fascinating. Uh, do people lie more in writing or in speaking? Oh, I'm going to go in speaking because when you're when you're talking, like, you know, it's a lot more free form. I'd be like, oh, I bench press, I don't know, 250, 270, who knows? But in writing, it feels more official, like it's going to be preserved. Right, that's what I thought too, but nope, it's actually people lie <laughs> really? more in writing. Yeah. Wow, because they have more time to construct just the right lies. Well, I don't know. The speculation that I would have is that's that sweet. there's more distance between you and the target of the lie. You are less likely to feel empathy mm. for that individual. You know? uh, tougher bluff, do we distrust bearded men more? <laughs> oh, um, I would say no. I would say beards might uh, make people feel like okay, they're they're ancient, they're more grizzled, they're they've been around more. So I'm going to trust them more. So I'm going to go bluff. You trust them more with beards? Uh, y- y- no. Wait. So you're saying pe- people with beards are more are trusted more? Uh, yes, it's true. We okay. we trust men with beards more. Yeah which is, I'm guessing, a sign of the times as well. Um, and it's counterintuitive at first because you're like, oh, no, who's this scruffy-looking nerf herder? Right. But it turns out that you're like, oh, they don't have time to shave. They're trustworthy. Right. <laughs> uh, tougher bluff, liars talk more when lying. Or sorry, liars talk more when they are lying. Liars talk more, more words when they are lying. I would say tough for inexperienced liars. I think inexperienced liars get nervous and will start just adding extra words. Uh, well, maybe for some, but average-wise, it is bluff. Okay. Liars use fewer, more tentative words, 
presumably because it takes more brain power to lie. Oh, interesting. It's actually one of the hallmarks of lying is, you know, you go to a seven-year-old and you're like, so I came around the corner and the cookie jar had Mm. broken on the floor. Uh, What exactly happened? And the lying kid will say, I don't know. I see. I wasn't there. Whereas the kid telling the truth was, I don't I know. I was running through the hallway. I was like the dog and I didn't. I was, <laughs> Yeah. And then I, I heard this crash and I came around the corner and there it was. And I don't know. If, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was a dog. You know, yeah. you're more when you're telling the truth, you can <laughs> speak freely from from your instincts. You know, like you don't have to edit every single I word see. that comes out of your face. This is why I'm a terrible liar, because it's like, did you uh, file the taxes? Uh, yeah, basically. I mean, I, you know, I did the forms and I. I went online. I did the thing. I, I talked to someone on the phone while I was. I mean, you know, basically, you know, basically. <laughs> did you fuck? No. <laughs> Tougher bluff. Your lies are more easily detected when you're lying to someone you're attracted to. Oh, well, I would imagine if you're attracted to someone, you get more nervous, and so then you pispronunciate more of your words. So tougher bluff. Tough. Tough. Correct. Perhaps for that reason. Tougher bluff, Berto. The average person can detect 60% of lies. 60%? Wow. Um, Meaning that in experiments, you will have a subject yeah. saying something, and then the participant has to say A or B, truth, right, truth right, or right, lie. Right, right. And a coin flip would be 50%, right? So, But you're saying more often than not, they can detect a lie. Yeah. A you little know, bit more than a coin flip. I would have said tough prior to the last few years i'm gonna go bluff yeah it's bluff basically we are no better than a coin flip maybe a little better than it like slightly possibly but humans are incredibly poor at detecting Hmm. lies so even when this research says like you're better able to detect lies of you know the things we've already gone over you're still terrible generally speaking at detecting lies in the lab now are is one good at detecting lies in a child, that sort of thing, you know, maybe. Uh, percentage of money the IRS is cheated out of. Ooh. <laughs> percentage of money. So they should be getting 100% of the whatever amount of taxes, then they're only getting N percent. I'm going to say they're cheated out of uh, 30%. Oh, close, 15 Oh, man. In the U.S., yeah. anyway. Around the world, I think it's different. By the age of four, percentage of children who have learned the concept of lying by the age of four. Oh, geez. I would hope it's like 80%. Yeah, 90%. Okay. Hope? I would hope because if they haven't, then, man, what yeah. are we doing wrong here? <laughs> Percentage of adults who cannot have a 10-minute conversation without lying at least once. Oh, jeez. I hope that's low. So 5%. 60%. 60% can't lie, can't go without lying? Yeah. I don't understand that either. Oh, I, my not, God. I, I'm trying to figure out what lies, what are they constituting as well, a lie? Well, yeah, because now we're talking about things like, how are you doing? Oh, fine. Right. Okay, you've just lied. Or you look great today. Yeah. Yeah. Or Cause let's be your honest. cologne isn't that strong, Birdo. <laughs> Wait, is my cologne that strong? <laughs> Jeez, you, you've, 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 you, when you walked, I mean, I don't know if I'm just, yeah, I was nose blind to you before, but like, wow. or I haven't smelled cologne. Ooh, I smell yummy though. in a long time. <laughs> so wait a minute, let me let me get this straight, because it is true. I 
so I've taken it upon myself in the last, I don't know, decade or so. Whenever someone asks me how I'm doing, I'll be totally honest with them. I'll be like, uh, you know, not that great today. And then it always catches people. Oh, oh really? And then they don't really want the details. Mm. <clears throat> so I give them a really quick summary. But I've, because, I've, you know, I got tired of saying, oh, I'm fine. Everything's great. Life is peachy. Right. But I think most people do because it's simpler. Right. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Right. And we'll get into in a bit why we lie, uh, which that's one of them is like, uh, it's just easier. Within those 10 minutes in which 60% lie at least once, what's the average number of lies that were told? Jeez. So for the average human in a 10-minute conversation. Yeah, exactly. Three lies. Okay. Percentage of adults admit to telling a lie often or sometimes? Percentage of adults admit to telling a Often. Uh, uh, percentage of adults. Oh, percentage. Say, do so you often. Oh, I see. So yeah. Often or sometimes. Well, in this case, I'm going to say like 70. Uh, 70%. Only 12%. Because oh, this is admitting. Admitting. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> percentage of people admit to lying on their resumes. Oh, uh, 20%. Close, 31%. What do you think they're lying about exactly? Because these are discrete things, right? Yeah. You can check. Well, I'm, 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 I know for a fact some people actually literally lie. Because yeah. in the past, I've seen people caught for like not having graduated or things like that. But right, those but are kind like, of extreme. Yeah, but 31% of human beings in Western society. What if we're counting like aggrandizing something? Like what? Like instead of, you know, uh, I was the... I was in charge of of water distribution in the West Coast for our business. Okay, describe what that meant. Well, we had a little store, and it was the only store of its kind in the Northwest, and I was the one serving the water. That's a very different thing, right? So, like, you made right. it sound very grandiose, but it was a very small thing. Right. So I think, and that's an extreme example, but I think people might tweak things up. Yeah, you know? I bet you another lie is when there's a gap in employment, like they couldn't find a job or they had a job that they don't, oh, sure. they don't want to put yeah. on their resume because they got yeah. fired or something. They'll fudge the numbers yeah. or they'll say, this year I took a gap year and well, I traveled Europe. And- I've done this on my resume because guess what? The year I uh, was uh, taking a sabbatical from my normal job of making the triangular uh, ice cubes. Um, that Back year, in like 09 or something? Yeah, I don't put that in my resume. Yeah. So, you know. Why not? I mean, you know. Because I want people to think I've had 40 years experience in the same thing. Ah, okay. Uh, percentage of adults, or uh, percentage of patients who lie to their doctor. Oh my gosh, that is so weird. Because I know people do this. I know people do this because they get concerned that if they tell the doctor how they're really doing, the doctor's going to like tell them that they're sick and prescribe them things. Yeah, and, so, and or the other side... The doctor won't provide the treatment that they're oh. looking for if they don't amp up their symptoms. Oh, I see. Lying in either direction. Okay, I could see that. Okay, 60%. Uh, 13. Oh, that's not bad. Percentage lie about their diet and exercise regimens. Oh, yeah. 25. Good. 30. Percentage of lies that are discovered in general. <laughs> well, 50. Uh, 13. <laughs> okay, not, not okay. a lot. Yeah. All right. Common reasons for lying, Berto. Six reasons here. Okay. One reason is like what we were saying. It's just easier. It's, it's like keeping things simpler. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that's one other. So categories. it's it's kind of yeah. It's I'll say it's like the one they list here is to be nice essentially. Okay. Uh, okay. The other one is to to get out of trouble. Right. To avoid. Uh, uh, right. 
uh, yeah, avoid confrontation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one blame. would be because you are, I don't know what the category is, but like when you're having an affair or you're cheating someone, you're, um, you're maliciously doing it. To yeah. Hide get it. one's way. Get one's way. Sure. Yeah. And also lying to make yourself feel better, shift blame and lying to save face. All right, so let's get into the documentary here, Berto. It's called Dishonesty, and it is available on YouTube. You can buy it or rent it and or rent it. And they have a number of common lies that they talk about in this documentary that, that, that they review. One is is dating profiles, that mm. people lie on their dating profiles. Why would they do that, Berto? Well, I can imagine that they're trying to um, hedge or you know make their odds better that someone will what is it? Swipe left, swipe right. So they will do things to make themselves appear more desirable. They will up, up the yeah. ante. You know? I, think, I think that's one for sure. But I think another one is people are ashamed of how they look and sure. don't want to admit to themselves you know, how they look. Or they're afraid that they're, no one's going to ever love them. If, so they might say, oh, I'm athletic. Yeah. And they don't feel athletic. Or pictures that they might use old pictures, right? Right. Very so, photoshopped, right? And I think some people, it's like, well, I don't really have any good pictures of me in mm. the past ten years. That picture of me twenty years ago is much more representative of how I feel about myself. <laughs> right. 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 Um, taxes, another common lie. Why do they do that? So I think there's probably a couple categories, like at least two big ones. One is literally maliciousness, uh, like the criminal type. And I don't mean criminal like professionally, just I'm going to try to get away with as much as I can because I, I don't want to pay the government. But then there's the other category, which is this sucks. I shouldn't have to pay this much money. I, I, I'm going to fudge this because this is unfair. Right. You, know? you feel justified. You feel justified. Breaking this. Okay. One of the, one of the quote unquote lies they said in this documentary was breaking the speed limit. Is that a lie, Berto? Well, in a way, you're lying to yourself, maybe the people in the car, in that you're pretending that what you're doing is okay, but you are actually breaking the law. Right, but I wouldn't call that lying. I mean, when I'm breaking the speed limit, and if someone asked me, are you breaking the speed limit, I'd be like, yep, I'm, my choice, I'm breaking the it speed limit. It is funny to say that the act of breaking the speed limit itself is the lie, instead of someone asking you about it. Like, if I mean, the cop I, pulls you over and says, how fast were you going? And you're like, I was going the speed limit. That's a lie. Right. Which I wouldn't do, uh, I don't think. Uh, but uh, yeah. I might lie and say I wasn't keeping, I wasn't paying attention. But I don't know what I Unless would say. they mean like in general, like if they ask people in general, do you, uh, you know, speed? Maybe in general yeah. people say no. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's based on this premise that we all took some kind of vow. Yeah. And we swore under oath that we weren't going to break the speed limit, which, of course, I never did. There was probably some form I signed when I got my license that attested to some dedication to the road laws, but right. uh, I, don't think any, I don't think anyone would call that a lie. I think the general category would be, if you ask 100 people, do you break the law on a regular basis? I would say probably 90% or more would say no. Yeah. But in reality, we all technically are breaking laws frequently. Yeah. I mean, you go one mile an hour over the speed limit, that's breaking the law. Yeah. You don't come to a full stop at a stop sign right. uh, under most circumstances. You jaywalk. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm breaking the law. Breaking the law. Uh, Santa Claus is another common lie that they go oh, over. Oh, yeah. The more general category is uh, the fictions we maintain in the, for the sake of the children. Right. College admissions, resumes, and lying to get your kid into graduate school. Oh. They go over this one case that this woman lied to get her kids into a good school uh, in a different part of town. Mm. And she claimed that she lived at her father's house. Her and her kids mm. lived at her father's house when she didn't actually live there. And the district actually went after her, and she, she spent time in jail. Can you imagine that? I think it's so lame that you even have that situation. Why are you in a situation where there's a much better school at a place yeah. that you can't go to? Right. Right. <laughs> that and, sucks. Right. And that the district and the prosecutors don't have other people that they could be going uh, after. Like, uh, I understand like a slap on the wrist or... And it's like, think about what it is for. You tried to get a better education for your child. Right. And what exactly was stolen? I mean, I guess you could argue that some kid wasn't allowed to get in yeah. because of the space. But it doesn't actually work that way, right? I don't know. They, and the people that do live in the area, they don't tell them, well, it's full. Yeah. Like, maybe they do. I don't think it, they do. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what the what the point they were trying to make. It, it almost seemed like they were trying to make this point in the documentary that she had done something wrong. and Because in the end of the documentary, she's like... I've learned my lesson. I'm never lying again, and I don't really? want to. I don't want to show my kids that, that lying is okay. Man. And I'm like, okay. I mean, good. You don't want to model lying to your children, but at the same time, I don't think that's in the same category because you know they had other categories of like people lying about insider trading, yeah, and other kinds of obviously criminal acts. And it's I just like, thought I don't I've know. learned my lesson. I sent. Stop lying. Sent my child to the school down the street. They did get stabbed yesterday, but, you know, yeah. I'm not lying anymore. Right. Uh, another common lie are children lying to parents. You know, that's a very common yeah. thing. Stock traders, insider trading, they go over that. Ashley Madison for, for cheaters. So, actually, there's a whole category of professions that's that are built around telling lies Yeah. as part of the business. Salespeople. It, always. Yeah. And it's not even look down. I mean, granted, there are extremes, right? Like you could have the salesperson that just flat out lies that that there is a car and there's not really a car. Okay, there's extremes. But in general, salespeople are aggrandizing and sometimes flat out lying on a regular basis. Right. If, you, if you're, you know, you're buying a house, you'll say, uh, are there any problems with the house? The default answer will be like, no, no. And then you do the inspection and it's like, well, turns out there are tons of problems with the house. Right. Right. Exactly. And we just sort of live with these yeah. realities like like that's OK. And er, I still don't feel good about that. I wish that there wasn't that normalization of lying. Yeah. It Like it really gets me down when I, I walk in. I walk if I go onto a car lot, I just assume that <laughs> I'm going to get I'm going to get lied to and lied to and lied to. And I probably will. Yeah, we we just. I don't know, a couple of years ago, got a car for Stacy and we're on the lot and I'm very suspicious of everything that's being said. <laughs> and if I, you know, I won't go into all the details, but by the end of the whole transaction and, and the whole kind of shenanigans took, a, <laughs> took about a week to occur. I'm no joke. We were, we were probably lied to like 
150 times. And by the way, you feel really lame by the end of the whole thing. Yeah. It's like, You don't yay. feel happy that you got your new car. Yeah. You're like, you, ugh. Yeah. The whole, you just walk away going ugh. like, what a bunch of scumbags. Yeah. You know? And it it's really disheartening. And it actually bumps me out because it's a dealership, a Honda dealership in, in Linwood. And back in the day when I used to go there, I remember there was there were no shenanigans. Mm. They, in fact, they prided themselves on that. Oh. They'd come out and say, look, we have five different models of car. Yeah. We have the colors that are available on the lot. Yeah. There are no options. We're not going to upsell you. The price is on the car. There's no haggling. Choose your car. Go Choose for your it. Own adventure. It, it just, you know, we don't, we don't make commissions, you know, like right. just... It is what it is. Yeah. And I remember just being like, That's awesome. Oh. And then I'd go to the Toyota or the Ford and oh. there'd just be all the shenanigans. But now the Linwood <laughs> Honda, they're up to shenanigans. I, now. I hate that too. Oh, by the way, so I recently bought a car. Very recently, like a month ago. What kind of car? It's a Subaru Ascent. It's a SUV. Oh, it's yeah. kind of weird because you don't buy new cars very often. I don't. Here's what happened though I had been leasing a car and the lease expired in September. Of the of last year, was it a Hyundai or Toyota? It was Hyundai, yeah. yeah. And then when it expired, I was like, I don't, I don't need another car right now. You know, like it's pandemic. I'm at home, right? So I didn't renew any lease. I didn't, I didn't get another car. Well, months went by, and then I found myself for a couple trips I had to take. I had to rent a car. So then I was like, oh my gosh! Now I've twice I've rented a car. Now it's getting silly. I need to get a car. So I bit the bullet. Now I had been waiting for this hybrid car I wanted to buy. So I go to the dealership. I'm like, did you get the hybrid? They're like, we did. Which, and which, which? Uh, it was right? a Hyundai uh, hybrid oh, okay. uh, SUV. And I looked at it and they had like shrunk them probably because they had to make them hybrids. So it was like much smaller. It didn't have anywhere near the room. I was like, uh, that's sad. Do you have anything that still has the, the room of the previous ones? It's like, yeah, we have this other one. I'm like, okay, can I, can I look at those? They're like, well, we have one. It's in the shop right now. Like, what do you mean it's in the shop? Oh, it has a factory defect. Well, can we test drive it? It's like, eh, maybe in two or three weeks. It's like, are you kidding me? So then I left and I went to the Kia dealership and I walk in. And as soon as I walk in, the guy's like, uh, can I help you? Like with a total attitude. And I was like, well, I just wanted to look at your SUV. He's like, oh yeah, no, we have none. And, and I'm like, what? Like you're sold out? He's like, yeah. So I leave and I'm like, what's going on? And then on the way home, all dejected, I, walk, I, I go by the Subaru dealership and I'm like, okay, well, I'll try Subaru. I walk in. There is a car in the showroom that's an SUV. And I'm like, ooh, I like that. But same thing that the person comes up like, uh, can I help you? And I'm like, well, I'm interested in cars like this, like this SUV. He's like, well, no, we don't have any. What, what's going on here? Exactly, right? And I'm like, well, what is going on here? He's like, well, I mean, you, you could get that one, the one on the, on the showroom. And I ask what is happening? Did everyone just win the lottery and everyone went out and bought an SUV? And it's this chip shortage. Have you heard of this? No. There's this huge uh, microchip shortage because of the huge fire in Japan or something like this. Something happened and all the car manufacturers got affected by this. So there's an incredible shortage. Never like a once in a lifetime kind of shortage. That's why none of these dealers had the inventory. That's why they were all like shooing me away. So I ended up buying the car that was on their floor because that was the only one I could buy right now. <laughs> right. So the lie is the other dealerships could have just been like... They could have told me this. Yeah. Yeah. They could have oh, by the way, you know, just so you know, I'm sorry. Instead of 
treating you like there's something right. wrong with you or right well and and when i asked like well why, what's are there can i order one they were being really vague about it like at the other dealership that well we could it's going to take a while to be honest but no one was being clear about why right yeah like why like what what does it serve like if i suspect they just feel like well if we show our hand then they're just going to go to an, another dealership or Did something. Did they assume I knew what was happening? I don't, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, who knows? But yeah, the golly, the amount of shysterism. I don't know if that's the right use of that term, but the amount of bsitude, if that's a word, <laughs> the amount of uh, liosity that exists in sales is just—it's yeah. gross. And that you know, it's another reason why. A lot of people are going to online shopping right now because there's no shysterism. Right. It's just the price that it is. Yeah. There's no opportunity for haggling. You just you just click the button. Yeah. Whereas you go into some of these kinds of places and it's just like you like you said, you walk out, you feel filthy. Because even if you did get a good price, you had to oh, yeah. fight against some psychopath who's well, <laughs> trying to extract as much commission out of you as possible. And the worst part is that backroom part, right? Because you get done through that first phase, uh, and they're like, great, let's just go sign the papers. And you feel like you're almost done. No. And that's where it's just getting started. Yeah. Th- and that was, again, I won't yeah. go into all the details <laughs> with Stacy's car, but it was that uh, whole thing. I actually had to call them back. So I so I had to leave yeah. in the middle of all that uh, negotiation. No. And I told Stacy, I was just like, you know, be careful about what you sign up yeah. for. And they convinced her to sign up for you the- You need it. Yeah. You need that protection. Yeah. And I called them back later that night and I was like, how dare you? You know that this doesn't do anything. Oh. Ta- and, and I was like, take it off. And he's like, oh, okay, we'll take it off. It's like this- uh, so I'm glad you did that though. Oh yeah. By the way, did I show you my scar? Uh, no. Well, I saw it on, on the pictures. Yeah. This is my my. Oh, maybe I showed you on the on the last. Yeah. When we, Do you want to give people an update on what happened? Well, I had a thyroidectomy, which means they went into my throat, opened it up, and took out my thyroid gland. Scary. Yeah, and uh, and I could have lost my voice. And you didn't. And I luckily didn't. Yeah. So. Well, let's take a break, and when we get back. Let's talk about more research on lying, and we'll give about twenty seconds to let your voice heal up. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, Deserving Listeners, as you all know, I am constantly recommending that people go to therapy. We all need therapy from time to time. Well, one of the options available that is definitely worth checking out is BetterHelp. If you're looking for a therapist, I would give it a try by going to betterhelp.com slash Kirk. Make sure you use the promo code Kirk because you get 10% off your first month and it really helps us out. As you watch these videos, I know many of you have been motivated to find your own therapist, which is great because you deserve it. And I know also that it can be hard to find a good fit, find the right one for you. Well, one of the options available in terms of your shopping is to go to betterhelp.com slash Kirk. I've been told you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. You can message your counselor at any time. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. I've also been told that it's often less expensive than in-person therapy. And you should know that this service is available to clients worldwide. So go to betterhelp.com slash Kirk to get 10% off your first month today. All right, we're back from the break. So, Berto, if someone were to be a salesperson and they were lying to the listeners right now to become a patron, what would they sound like, Berto? Hey, how's it going? Uh, I noticed you were uh, just browsing online. Uh, anything in particular that... Uh, actually, you know what? 
Uh, I, I notice you don't have a watch. Uh, you don't wear a watch, huh? Well, I've got a special deal for you. And I'm not actually supposed to tell you about this, so I, I could get in trouble with the, my manager. <laughs> but uh, just between us, we're running a special. If you sign up to be a patron of Psychology in Seattle, you're going to get a special one-of-a-kind watch in the mail. It's going to arrive in 6 to 12 weeks. It's going to be probably signed or autographed. It, you can't go wrong. And like I we're telling this to maybe our top 0.01% of our customers. So do it. You, you can't go wrong. We're going to do an OPP, an old patron praise today. We are going all the way back to February of 2017. These two individuals became patrons all the way back then and have stuck with us the entire time. We have Andy from Vancouver, BC. OPP. And we have Cameron from God knows where, because Cameron didn't include where they're from. Easy as one, two, three. So Andy and Cameron, thank you so much for being a patron all the way back in February 2017 and sticking with Woo! us. Okay, so let's talk about gender differences, Berto. Someone in the audience raises their hand and says, hey, what are the gender differences when it comes to lying? Mm. Berto, what do you think the expert on lying said to that? Well, so back in the savannah... We had to lie for oh a living. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So the expert on lying probably said, uh, well, you know, men have to lie more. Well, what he said was, yes, there are tremendous differences in gender when it comes to lying. And the only difference really is that only women ask about gender differences. He didn't say that. He did say that. He didn't say that. He did say that. What? He said that. Wow. And then he said, no, there is, we didn't find any, oh. any differences among gender when it comes to lying. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> but it was kind of interesting that he said that, yeah. he, he, and, or that he finds that, is that yeah. when he gives these talks, only that the only people who ask about gender differences are women. That's fascinating. And there's no differences between men and women when it comes to lying. That's fascinating. Now, you know, this is in the lab under very spe you right, know, specific right, right. circumstances. Uh, it's hard, you know, the, the hard thing about lying research is we can't really know because it's lying. And how do we know he isn't lying? Yeah. <laughs> so in the documentary, he talks about how his research uh, uh, found that we, we have a cognitive dissonance, if you will, between two things. One, there are many times where we want to lie for various reasons, like we talked about before. Yeah. White lies, trying to get our way, trying to get more money, trying to help our kids out trying to get out of trouble, trying to cheat. And so we're trying to get our way, but we also have a tremendous need to think about ourselves as good people. Right. So how do we uh, reconcile that? Well, there's various different, what he calls fudge factors that help us to lie and also retain this self-esteem or this self-image that we're good mm. people. Um, and he lists them all out. So I'm, I'm going to read them out. So, it is everybody's doing it, so right. that doesn't make me bad. Uh, conflict of conflicts of interest. So if you have some, if you somehow benefit, which I'll get into later, and you kind of need to lie. Another one is, well, I'm not really hurting anybody. What's the big deal? Like if you're lying on taxes, you're thinking, well, you know, it's the federal government. Who cares? Right. Or you. You know, you you walk out of the grocery store and you didn't pay for 
something. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, well, who am I hurting? You know, it's right. not like a mom and pop operation. This is a corporation. You know, lying for others, like the mom lying for her children. Creativity plays a role in lying, which we'll get into. Lack of supervision, meaning that if you if no one's minding 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 the store, yeah. then individuals become more apt to lie. Social norms in some circles or cultures or groups, it's more of the norm to lie, like among salespeople, for example. Now, I want to say, obviously, not all salespeople are like that. Well, no, but but okay. So when I was growing up, I don't know if it's still like this. When I was growing up in Bogota, uh, th- the norm when I walked into a uh, not a grocery store, but like little corner stores, which were everywhere, is that if you were not in the neighborhood that you live in, so therefore they don't know you, the norm was that you would get overcharged. Like you would you would because they wouldn't have listed prices, right? So you'd be like, hey, I want the this little candy, and I want this. Soda. There were no prices listed? There's no prices listed. So then they'd be like, well, that's, you know, 300 pesos. And you would know that that sounds high, but you have no... So you're like, oh, here's 300 pesos. But then the next time uh, the neighbor comes in and they're like, yeah, that's 200 pesos. And this was kind of like the norm. Wow. And it was... I don't know. It's kind of a a protective measure for, I'm going to look out for me and mine because it's a hard culture and there's not a lot of resources, that kind of thing. And... So that was sort was. of like you had to be friends with the grocer in order to get like good prices or something. Yeah, like if you know the people, you're going to get better prices. Wow. Um, yeah, but anyway, I you know not all salespeople are like that, obviously, and uh, I know many of you out there are probably salespeople and are fine. Another reason is fatigue, which we'll get into. Distance from the crime and self deception. So those are the reasons that they came up with as to why we lie. Okay, so. They did a number of experiments, and they talked about it. Tougher bluff, Berto. People have a physiological arousal when lying for self-gain, but not when lying for charity. Oh, interesting. Tougher bluff. Physical arousal when lying for self-gain, but not when lying for charity. I'm going to go tough. Yes, it's tough. For when we lie for what we believe to be a good reason, for a charitable reason, a moral reason, our body doesn't have the same physiological difficulty with the lie. It's a quick math. It's like, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to do something for this kid who needs something. And so you, you immediately go, yeah, no, this is good. It's net good. So, yeah, of course I'm going to do this. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting, though, because the, you know, when we, the idea is, is that when we're lying, we have a physiological arousal because we have fear. We have a fear response, a f- yeah. sort of fight or flight response. That the hypothesis around that is that we have the fight or flight response because we're worried about being caught and rejected. Mm-hmm. But somehow when we're doing it for charity, it overrides or we're focused on the good rather than the fear. Maybe because you've done the math intrinsically that, well, first, first off, worst case scenario, I'm not the one who pays the price. Second, it, they're going to be the ones that look like jerks, you know? Yeah, Maybe. Another experiment, fMRIs, the first lie, big response from the amygdala, subsequent lies, not so much because of habituation. Yeah. If we, if you like salespeople, if you are used to lying over and over again or politicians yeah. or some other job where there's a lot of lying, your brain just gets used to it and you, you no longer notice the 
difference in the behavior and you no longer have the fight or flight response. Well, absolutely. So like I do a ton of presentations for my job, you know, because you have to show, you know, the different size of ice cubes and why they're this angle of triangle or not. And I've sure, done you, these you, for You years. don't have to tell the listeners. They've heard it a million times. I know. I'm you sorry. talk about... I love talking about my job, right? You, but it gets boring. I know. 13 years. I know. So anyways, the point is I do tons of presentations. Yeah. But when I first started doing presentations, I would be super nervous. And of course, part of it is stage fright and stuff. Right. Because it was pre-COVID. Right. But part of it is actually... Because when you do a presentation, you're kind of lying a little bit. You're fudging the the things, right? You're saying, they're like, how soon are these uh, new cubes going to be out? And you're like, about three months. Now, you know that well, you just had a so, conversation so with the team that's wanna, actually three and a half months. I'm going to drill down on that statement a little <laughs> bit. You said when you present, you're kind of you lying. Lying a bit. Only if the presentation involves lies in it. Well, what I but, mean but, is... But I think what you mean or what you're telling yeah. me, what I'm hearing, is that in your profession... There are, there's a culture in not only you, but anyone giving a presentation of that type, there are common lies. Well, yes. And some of it is because let's, okay. If you're giving a presentation to two people and you're kind of just going back and forth, it's one thing when you're presenting to 500, you're trying to sell, you're trying to sell something to those 500. Exactly. When you're trying to present to 500 people and you're being completely candid, then they're going to start losing confidence because you're saying, Hey, let me tell you the whole backstory. First of all, they don't have the bandwidth or patience to hear it. But if you're telling them, so first we thought we were going to do this. Then we second-guessed ourselves, and then we changed our plan. And then you start giving them the whole backstory. And we're backdrop. still not entirely sure and about it. And we're still that. not entirely sure. Now they're like, oh, my God, run for the exits. Right? But you're describing the same motivation yes, as, as the, the salesperson yes. at the at the lot. Yes. They're like, well, look, if I yes. tell him the truth that we don't have the chips, he's just going to walk away. Right, but there is, I, I do believe that there are gradients, right? So you could have an experience with a car salesman that is still better, even though they still were selling you a car. And so what happened, though, is over the years, the more presentations I did, it did get easier for me to do presentations and just say what I need to say, even though I'm, I am technically obfuscating some of the particulars. And I am not the kind of person that will outright lie like, did you finish the, the the cubes? And I'll say, yes, but we didn't. No, that that's not it. But it's you're lying like, by obfuscation. Yeah, because You're lying it's, by mild omission. It's like, do we know, is this strategy going to be successful? It's like, we think it is. But it, it, we just had a meeting yesterday with fewer people where we were all very scared that we might be wrong. Right. You know. Right. But... I wonder what kind of world we'd live in if people were more honest, because it's not like the people in the audience at work particularly are thinking that everything you're saying is completely true. Right. Because they give the presentations too. They're probably like, well, there's probably stuff going on in the back. But you are also potentially, or we are also giving all of us too much credit sometimes because it's one of these, uh, as soon as you open the floor up for opinions, everyone's got an opinion and everyone's an expert. And that's a that's a fact. Like, imagine if you said, hey, we're actually going to the way we're going to run our government now is every single decision is going to be up for a vote of, by the people. Yeah, I get it. But right. imagine if at your place of work, yeah. it, there was a chip that was placed in everyone's head <laughs> and no one could lie. They had to say they had to tell the whole truth and nothing <laughs> about the truth during their presentations. Then I don't think anything would change The the bar of what people understood to be an acceptable presentation would just move further towards the truth. 
It's not like if everyone told the truth, nothing would get done. I don't think people could work that way, though. No, I think they can. I think you underestimate. But when you have a culture of shysterism. Well, but, but you can't. Well, like, not only would you have to implant that chip, you would have to implant the chip where no one's feelings get hurt. You have to implant the chip where biases, biases are okay to hear. You have to implant all these chips because in reality, if you took away all the lie filters, the person would get up and say, um, okay, what I'm about to say, you right here might not understand because the way you look to me, you look a little dumber. And <laughs> well, that's just a stupid uh, assumption that the person's making. Because that's the reality. Yeah, like that's well, the reality. That's well, then the, let's put another chip in so they're not stupid and they don't make uh, false Those are not humans. Well, we're talking about computers. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, you know, it, the chip gets rid of the shysterism, but it doesn't get rid of the white lies. Let's well, that, just put it that, that way. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. There is a, a net amount of white lies that need to be told in society. And you and I disagreed about this in another episode. And I do believe you need some white lies to make society function because humans can't handle the truth. But there's a big difference between that and actual malicious lying. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. So when I started preparing for this episode, I told producer pod wife Stacy about it. She's like, you know, you already did an episode about, li- <laughs> about lying. And I thought, I was like, oh, shit, I guess we have. And then I thought, eh, I don't care. Uh, if, if, I've, if I've essentially forgotten everything we talked about, Maybe the listeners have too. It's fine. <laughs> and I'm wondering right now if everything we've said is like just a repeat of what we talked about last time. I don't think so. First of all, it was not a this documentary. The research questions were different. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay, good. All right. Another experiment. Another experiment. They wanted to experiment on this conflict of interest fudge factor. So they had a computer screen with left and right zones. Okay. And they, you, they would flash a bunch of red dots in the left and right zone. Mm. And you had like a, a second to look at the screen and then guess left or right, which side had more dots. Oh, okay. And a lot of times it was kind of obvious because you could really tell like, oh, obviously left has more dots in it. But then they tell them for the left field, you will get zero cents. Mm-hmm. For the right field, you will get four and a half cents every time you, every time you click. But... We don't want you to lie. We want you to actually choose for yourself which side has... Right, 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 right. Right. So the results show a lot more guessing on the right or even lying on the right because you get money. So this demonstrates a conflict of interest when you benefit by lying or fudging a little bit or kind of saying, well, I don't know, kind of looked like... Maybe the left, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it was the right. Yeah. I only saw it for a second. And you uh, aggregate that in a society, and you have a lot of these kinds of lies. So recent example. I- I'm sure you've heard of the meme stocks. No. Okay. So recent phenomena, uh, certain stocks were being massively oh, yeah, yeah. short. So, yeah, like GameStop, yeah, all yeah. these things. Okay. Well, what's what's the, is it is Holiday Inn one of them or what was the other Might one? Might be. There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Recently, AMC is the big right, one. Right, AMC, okay. right. But here's what's happening. So a lot of the participants in the meme movement, they'll tell you, they'll swear up and down. They will write it on their gravestone that they believe in the company and that's why they're doing it. Right. Now, maybe the asterisk second story is we're doing this to take back the control of Wall Street for the little people. Like that's the, the narrative. But when they are very convincing about, even to themselves, 
about that rhetoric, they make literally millions of dollars. Yeah. And they only do that by finally selling at some point. Yeah. And they'll tell you, no, I'm never going to sell. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's one of these like things that, yeah, it's self-justification. Like you're saying, it's a conflict of interest. Right. Another experiment, they took a bunch of vending machines and they spread them out around a campus, college campus, and they designed the vending machine to give you the snack, but also your money back in, 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 in whole. And there's this sign on the top that says, if there's something wrong with this machine, please call this number. Oh, okay, okay. So it's pretending like there's something wrong with it. Right. Okay. How many people called, Berto? Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, like percentage, I percentage. Called. I just want you to know, I would have called. But ooh. would you have really called? Oh, absolutely. You put in 50 cents. Yep. You get the M&Ms and the 50 cents. Yeah, yeah. You're going to call. Yeah. It's such a small thing, though. I know, but I do, I do go out of my way with yeah, this. Yeah, I kind of feel like I do, too. Like, just as an example of, you know, God knows, Berto, if, if we're just lying to ourselves. But when I see a, a garbage on, on the ground outside, yep. or if I, see a, if I see a rock that's in the middle of the road, I actually yep, kick, kick. I do that. To, no, but I, I'm not, the reason I know I'm not lying is because this was my dad's influence on me. As a kid, he was militant about it. And he would, always, he would point out, you see that? You see that? And Bogota was a mess. And he would be like, look at how much garbage is. So like it, it imprinted in me yeah. to do that. But anyways, so I'm going to go with 12%. No one called. 0%? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Sad panda. So why would they lie, Berto? I mean, I mean it's not lying, really. It's but- such a small amount of money. The machine, there's probably something. Maybe I didn't put the coins in. Whatever. I just got lucky. Yeah. Okay, I will admit this. Maybe if it just happened to me once, maybe I would just walk away. Yeah, because I, I could imagine myself not calling. I, in fact, I imagine I wouldn't call, mostly because I think, you know, if I call this number, I'm going to get this long kind of oh. ordeal. And, you know, it's probably an anomaly. It probably doesn't happen all the time. Wait, no, I'm going to take it back because what I'm thinking about is, if I walk up to a machine that doesn't have such a sign and this happens to me, yes, I'm probably going to just walk away because what would I do about it? But if there's an explicit sign that says if there's something wrong with this machine, call this number. Right. I mean, yeah. then I feel bad if I don't. Yeah. I mean, I would like to think I, I'm, I'm similar to you. Like I've called 911 multiple times on the freeway when I see someone doing something. Oh, bad. absolutely. Me too. Yeah. I... I I feel like me and nine one one, we know each other. <laughs> like I'll see some, I just immediately call. I have no. Is this Kirk Honda? Yeah, I, like the the something will happen. <sighs> like uh, this, there was this huge ruckus on our street. This car was going up and down at like four in the morning, like oh, lighting fireworks off and oh screaming gosh. and stuff. And and the pod wife is like, "What do we do? What do we do?" I was just like, "Let's call nine one She's like, "Call nine one one Really? I'm like, "Well, yeah, that's what that's what it's for." I think I feel like most people are shy about calling yeah. 911 it's like i have no sh- i have no yeah. shyness which is like yeah, you know and they appreciate it i think i mean they want to know about that kind of anyway another experiment is they give a test to a, a paper test in the lab and there's a bunch of trivia questions and they're really hard and then you fill out that you answer the questions and then they give you the answer sheet and they tell you to correct your own test <laughs> and then you uh, shred your test your your oh test sheet, God. and you report to the person at the front of the room how many you got right, <laughs> and you get a dollar for every correct answer. Yeah. Percent it, and then but the shredder 
is actually a fake shredder that they can actually open up and see actually how many you got right. <laughs> That's awesome. What percentage cheated, Birdo? Mm. So remember, this is so you have zero percent cheating and a hundred percent cheating. What between zero and a hundred? What percentage cheated? Sixty percent. Close. Seventy percent. Wow. So that's such a trivial thing. Most, that gives you no benefit. Oh, well, it gives you a little money. Gives you an extra five bucks. Yeah. Like I'm, sh- I'm guessing your your life as these are college students. I'm guessing yeah. your life isn't hanging in the balance. Although but you could get that extra coffee. I mean, for sure. When I was in college, five dollars meant a lot. Believe me. <laughs> but at the same time, it's interesting, right? And this is their main experiment that they did. And I think it's because the stakes are so low. So what if I lied in this thing? Right. Well, again, you're saying this is the university. They have a lot of money. I'm paying a lot of money in tuition. Right. You're uh, justifying a lot of things. It's just five bucks. Who cares? Who cares? They're not I'm telling sh- me I have I'm, to be. I'm sure everyone else is lying. You know, that kind of thing. Plus, there's in this case, since it's kind of a test of your intelligence, you might be like, uh, right. I want to appear smarter. Right. Because it is kind of public. You yeah. at least have to tell a few people so they can give the money and people might be listening in. Um, this is why on, on Quora, you know, Quora where people ask questions and like yeah. experts answer. One of the most popular categories I've seen recently is about IQ. And everyone in the comments is like, well, I have a 160 IQ and I can tell you from experience that blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, and, and so every now and then you'll see a comment like, wow, there's a lot of hyper geniuses in this thread. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Right. So, and we'll get to that in a second, is the anonymity of the internet, right. which can increase lying. So they found that different types of cheaters. They found three different groups. One group is the 30%. I mean, I guess the nice thing is 30% told the truth. Right. When they absolutely didn't have to. So you have, thir- you have 30% of people who tell the truth. Yeah. They must be, I'm guessing you and I would be like that where we're pretty dedicated to yep. the truth. We're pretty, you know, we have like a spoken value of, hey, I, even if I would get an extra 20 bucks from this, yeah. I don't know if I can live with myself because I want to be principled. Like not, right. only are we, not only do we have a principle, but we also have a principle about being principled. Right. And I'm also older now. So, so when I was young, um, there are certain things that I feel like I probably would have fudged because of self-confidence. Like, um, you know, when I was younger, I didn't want to look bad as much. Whereas now as I'm older, I don't care if I look bad about something. Right. You know? Right. More self-confidence. You're just yeah. I don't care. I have, I have Well, and I have confidence in other arenas right. that have compiled enough self-esteem that I don't need other sources of self-esteem. Yeah. Actually, I find that to be truth in a true in a lot of aspects like as i gain more res- you know uh the amount of respect that i'm given yeah. and thus the better i feel about myself the much easier it is for me to admit i did something wrong <laughs> right. professionally you know right. actually god okay i gotta tell a story bro <laughs> so last night i'm teaching a class and i know some of my students are listening right now i am in class and i am giving a presentation, giving a lecture and from my notes. And some of the students say, wow, you know, there's a lot of information here. Can you, can you just give us your notes? Because I'm having a hard time, you know, writing all this stuff down. Mm-hmm. It'd be so much easier if you just gave us right. your notes and then we wouldn't have to be scrambling in our note taking. 
And I was like, oh, you know, I don't like giving my notes out because I never know what's in my notes. Plus, that's that's kind of cheating yourself out of the one one of the ways to learn is to be able to. Yeah, but it was an overwhelming amount of items that I was throwing at the students, which I got. got. But at the same time, I was thinking, well, this isn't really a critical lecture. This is kind of like an extra lecture. It's it's not going to be in the test, that kind of thing. We don't give tests, but you know what I mean. And on the fly, while I'm teaching the class over Zoom, of course, I go, okay, fine. And so I, I quickly clean up my notes, and it looks pretty good, and I email it to everyone. About 40, 20 minutes later, I'm going over, I'm lecturing more, and I'm looking at my notes, and then I find at the bottom of my notes oh, no. are, what, I don't know, 30 pages of other notes <gasps> that I didn't vet before I emailed it out oh, to Oh, God! And I'm scrolling through it, and oh, there's no. information on there, uh, private information. Oh, my God. Right? Becky. Right? Oh, my God. Private information about me, private no! information about about people I know, you know, like little, yeah, note, little yeah, notes, yeah, yeah. notes to myself. Yeah. Uh, private inf- information, Berto, about you. Woo-wee! <laughs> yeah. And I start to sweat. My stomach starts to gurgle. I am Shoot. crapping a brick. And I just oh, say in the middle of class, I'm like, oh, my God, y'all. I sent you something, and I and I thought it was client information, actually. Oh, okay, that would be super. Which it didn't actually yeah. turn out to be that way, but I it looked like it could be client information. And I was like, I just sent you client information, so can you all delete it? There's 13 yeah. students, there's not a lot of them, but still, you think, well, so now we're getting back to this lying uh, thing, no. right? Did they delete it? Well, <laughs> they were. I mean, most of them were pretty. Uh, you know, they seem trustworthy, but who knows? I don't know these people that well. Oh my gosh. That's why I saw that rumor pop up on the internet about me last night. <laughs> yeah. So it's trending on Twitter. Well, so I'll tell you what was on the document in a second, but I am, um, uh, and I'm, so I'm, and I'm kind of going off for about five minutes. Saying, oh my God. I'm, I feel so stupid. Oh, no. Have I just ruined my life? I, and, and then I started thinking, I was like, I felt compelled to tell my students that I don't do this very often because I don't yeah, like sure. this sort of thing. I don't. And I, I was trying to think of the last time this happened to me right? where you have that sick feeling of like, oh, my oh, God, wow. I, I just <laughs> I just revealed information or yeah, yeah. I, I, I leaked information accidentally. The last time I can remember having done this was in 1997 oh my God. when I reply when I thought I reply all. Oh, no. Uh, to like a like thirty different of my friends, like a private joke about someone else. Oh shoot! And I lied awake at night, oh, no. like freaking out that I had completely <sighs> just made fun of someone in the open on a reply all. Oh, wow. And this is back when Microsoft Outlook. I don't know what it was called back then, but it was the email app. Yeah, what was it called? Darn it! Yeah, it was called something else. MS Mail. Maybe. Yeah. There was no. Uh, logging of sent emails. So once you sent an email, there was no way to find out what did I send and to whom did I send it to. So I just had to wait. And and also back then, you know, now you would just email one of your friends and say, did I reply all? But back then, I I feel like mail was treated like actual mail. Like you don't really, you don't send mail just willy nilly. It was very mechanical. Yeah, Yeah, you, you you send an email once every now and then, you know, it's like a letter you're sending. You don't just 
send one question. Anyway, uh, it turned out I did not reply all. I actually just replied to the one person I, I was hoping to. But that's the last time I can remember having done something like that. But it's funny. Wow. I told this story to the pod wife, Stacy, as well, and she had a very similar reaction to you. She was just like, <gasps> wow. and I'm just so glad that people understand the mortification factor. Has the, have you ever done anything like that? Oh, I mean, yeah, not that, not maybe that bad. Or <laughs> I, I have at at work where similar thing. Not recently. When when it was younger, when the whole thing was younger. Um, there were a couple of cases. One of them was uh, an anger reply that I immediately regretted. It's the kind. It's back when before I realized that oh, you you shouldn't reply right away to things, you know, if you're <laughs> especially if you're emotionally charged. Right. But I remember I got this email and just like can't believe this. It's just like brrrm, reply. Then as soon as I hit reply, I'm like, oh no, this is gonna be, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> that one did happen. It was I I didn't make you know I really did hit reply and then I. Had to spend like a whole two weeks of meetings to try to like smooth things over and blow. All right. But then there was. What did you say? Did you say like, I was, I'm sorry, I was angry? Oh, how do I, how did I make it up? Or a monkey got on my laptop? No, no, no. I had to admit that this is how I felt, but I shouldn't have said said it that way and it's not appropriate and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like I was cussing anyone out, it was just I was being. Way too honest. <laughs> but but there was another time where I did think I had done uh, a reply all to a, like a ridiculously large uh, alias. It was probably 2,000 people. Like 2,000 people. <laughs> but you know what happened? Oh, my God. I was so mortified. And, and, and actually, the contents weren't that bad. But it was the kind of thing where a whole bunch of random strangers were in the company. We're going to get this email with no context and we're going to be super upset. And I was talking about a project that we were kind of being hush hush about. So I hit send and I was like, oh my God. But I was so lucky that like it took minutes. It took like five minutes. Imagine how I was sweating bullets that whole time. And I didn't even, I, I, to your point, I could have gone out of my office and asked someone else, like, did you get this email? But I was petrified. I was just sitting there in the office not knowing what to do. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes later, an, an email comes in the inbox and it was a rejection. This alias had a protection in it where they didn't allow just anyone to reply all. Oh, and I was like, "Oh my God! Thank goodness! Thank goodness! Thank goodness!" So I was saved by the bell. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. yeah so incidentally, was... what what was in the document turned out to be not confidential information. The information about you was stuff we talked about on the podcast. Oh, I, I, I was taking notes I see. as you were talking on a podcast that goes out to literally every human on the planet. <laughs> And so other okay. <laughs> other stuff on there was essentially that it yeah. was essentially stuff that people knew was going to be was going to be public. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want my students looking at my private no. private no. notes, even yeah. if it is technically not no. confidential information. It's like these are my notes, and it and so I just felt so dumb for for not making sure before I sent it. But anyway, oh, you know, I just remember another time where. There were two people with the same name, uh, maybe, oh, same first name for sure. And the last name had like the same first few letters. And there was a feature in Outlook where it autocompletes. Right. Okay. And this was in a super high secretive project I was working on. 
and I go, I type in the first few letters, autocompletes, I type in my email and I clicked send. And then I got a reply back from this other person saying, I don't think you meant to send this to me. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, but this is super secret. Please don't tell you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I guess, I guess all the texting, (laughs) texting mistakes that people make. Um, okay. So in the documentary, in, they presented this research and the 70% people cheated in this, in this shredding experiment. But they found that there were three different groups. There's the 30% that did not lie. And then there was another third or something that were the little cheaters. And the, oh no, sorry, uh, sorry, back up. So yeah, the thirty percent they didn't didn't lie, and then you had something like sixty five or sixty seven percent of people that just lied a little bit. Okay. So they got four right, but they said they got six right, right. or something. But then there was this really small group of people, like so I can't remember the exact percentage, one to three percent that they called the big cheaters mm. and they would lie about getting almost every answer. Correct. Oh my God. And I think, I think it was up to 25 oh or maybe it was 30 God. questions or something. And the average person got four, right? So they were very hard questions. And there's a small group of people that would say, yeah, I got 26, right? Well, and even though a, they probably yeah. only got like three, right? And in a way by doing that, they kind of trumped everyone else's results. <laughs> So then they do an experiment on bankers versus politicians, apropos of of nothing. Who cheats more, bankers or politicians? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Politicians. Bankers. Bankers? Twice as much. Oh, I guess that's no mystery considering the, the worldwide crash we experienced. Another experiment, they have an actor come into the room who they hand out, they hand out the tests and like two seconds into the administration of the test, there's, you know, there's 30 questions or something. Two seconds and he stands up. He's like, I'm done. And he walks up to the front and he says, yeah, I got them all right. What? So, oh, okay, so, but this is an actor. He's an this actor. Is, okay, so, every, so all the participants <laughs> are watching a fellow test taker just obviously lie and scam 30 bucks out of the... <laughs> out of the so it legitimizes them. <laughs> so... What happens to the participants in a situation like that? I imagine the percentage of lies goes up. Right. Then they did another experiment where the actor was either like the the students or unlike the students. So all the students are at a particular university, and so if the hmm. uh, if the actor has a college sweatshirt from a rival oh. Oh. Uh, college, what do we see there? Oh, interesting. The line goes down. If what? If the if the, the opposite university is there. Exactly. Because you're like, well, we're not going to cheat. Right. Whereas if one of your fellow <laughs> one of your fellow comrades lies, you're That's like, hilarious. well, you know, he's one of us, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I'll just follow in his footsteps. Another experiment, this is the fudge factor of distance from the action. So, they instead design the experiment instead of walking up and just getting cash you walk up and say i got 20 right and they give you 20 tokens Uh and then you go to a table right next to the tokens and you turn in the 20 tokens for money (laughs) how does the line stay the same go down or increase 
Okay, so in one case, it's just tokens, and the other one case, you no, no. get money. No, one is just money. You walk up and you say, oh, I, I got 20 right, and they hand you 20 bucks. Another one, you walk up, I say, I got 20 right. They give you 20 tokens. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to go with more lying with tokens. Yeah, why? Because the tokens are even less, it's more abstract. It's like, I'm just getting tokens. Who cares? Right. It's a distance from the yeah. action. It doubled the cheating rate. Wow, doubled. Right. Even Which, though even though the, the money, the money station is literally... Two feet from the token station. This is what you see. For, okay, let's take the Enron thing. Yeah. Uh, in that Enron documentary, they have the audio of the traders turning off the power. Right. right? But they're so disconnected from what's the actual pain. Right. But even even that, right? And then you take the derivatives trading in the 2008 crash, right? Yeah. They're so disconnected from the mortgages. Right. Yeah. Or you're a politician Right. And you're lying about something that affects a district that's not yeah, even you in, never know. That's not yeah, even in the yeah. state that you're in. Yeah. You know, you're just like, well, who cares? Yeah. It doesn't affect me. Yeah. Or you're a uh, a drone operator and you're dropping bombs on people. Oh, right. I just see black and white. I see little things from the top down and yeah. I don't know. Another experiment, yeah. same same experiment, but they varied it. They had people just recall the Ten Commandments. They didn't show them the Ten Commandments. Uh-huh. They just gave him a piece of paper and said, Write recall as down. many Ten Commandments as you can. Okay. For religious people, did the cheating rate change? Oh, yeah. I'm going to go more cheating for religious people because they feel guilty that they don't remember them. <laughs> Whereas for the non-religious, they're like, I don't know. I don't care. So for <laughs> atheists, you're thinking what? I'm, I'm thinking for the atheists, they're, they, they don't feel guilty that they didn't remember all the Ten Commandments, so they're not going to lie about them as much. As much. So, what they found was that for religious people, no cheating. <gasps> wow, okay, because one of the Ten Commandments is you can't lie, so... For atheists, no cheating. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, I everyone, regardless everyone of religion, cheat. you prime them by saying, remember the Ten Commandments, which... Sure. Reminds even for atheists, reminds you essentially of the laws of humans. I see. And then there's no cheating. And there's no cheating. So you you know you uh, most people say thou shalt not lie. Most people know thou, thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not kill. Those are the ones that people remember. And then when you're sitting there and you're like, well, I'm pre- I only oh, got four right, but I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Uh, so this was a thing that they did in addition to the actual test they were gonna take. So right. before they took the test, they said, hey, think oh, of the Ten Commandments. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that it was, we're going to test you on your knowledge of the Ten Commandments. Right, right, right. Yeah, sorry, okay. sorry. <laughs> right. Glad but you now I get it, and it totally makes sense, because you're like, hey, think of the punishment you will receive if you lie. <laughs> well, for reli- well, but the idea is, since atheists don't believe they're going right. to get punished, and yet they still... But they still remember that, hey, you know, this is a social contract here. Right. I, th- I think it yeah. reminds people, it primes people, yeah. or nudges, as psychologists will, you know, social psychologists call, in this wow. reminder of, remember that there are human values. But no cheating? But no cheating. And so the, the lesson wow. here is that when you have frequent reminders, you know, we like to think of ourselves as free-thinking people. Yeah. That we wouldn't be affected... By such a trivial thing, you know, someone walks in and says, hey, by the way, there's a Ten Commandment that says thou shall not uh, steal. Here's a test. You wouldn't think that that, right. would af- that would affect you. You'd think like, look, I do what I want. I'm either going to cheat I'm, or even you and me. 
Yeah. You know, we think, well, would I cheat in a situation that we're, we're going, I don't think I will. But when they do all these different experiments, it turns out, you do. It turns out that yeah. we would be swayed in a, in a variety of ways. Like, like if we sat down right. and someone that seemed like us started to cheat, then we might cheat too. So that's an argument in favor of, so there's this debate between the Sam Harris's of the world and the Jordan Peterson's of the world. The Jordan Peterson's of the world think that not only do you need the results or the net takeaways from the religious uh, backstories, but you actually need to sort of believe in the backstories quite literally because they, they believe if you throw all that away, society could collapse. And then you have the Sam Peterson side or Sam Harris side, which is more like, no, 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 no. We, we can absolutely extract the learnings and then keep those as our social values. This experiment is interesting because you would expect sort of if, if and granted, it's just one experiment, but you would expect that if, if you needed the metaphysical significance to be there, that the atheist would have still cheated. Right. But it shows that val- human values transcend religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Religion just seemingly uh, absorbs the natural human like human tendency for values yeah. rather than religion defining human values. Right, right, right. And a lot of historis, historians and anthropologists will state this of religion seems to possibly have emerged from the need for values and for mm-hmm. protocol yeah. to get along. And you just start to attribute it to gods so that people will take it to heart more. Yeah. But it began with a thou shalt not steal because our, our, our tribe falls apart when you steal from people. You know, there's 300 of us. If you steal, then we have fights and murders and chaos. Oh, that's going to be so confusing when the aliens arrive because the aliens are going to tell us, hey, just so you know, uh, please, humans, avoid saying words like uh, uh, it and, you know, vague words because if you keep that up, these big, gigantic beasts are going to come and swallow your planet. And then, of course, we're going to think that they're, they're trying to give us the meth- metaphysical to keep us in line. And we're going to not take them too seriously. And then it's going to turn out that they weren't lying. There are big beasts that are going to swallow our planet. Yeah. And we're going to be like, ah, oh, it's those whatchamacallits. They were real. So another experiment, they did it around the world, different countries, different cultures, differences, Birdo, between different cultural differences, different cultures around the world. Yeah, I could see some happening. Um, as I was saying, I, I saw it myself. I, another example of a cultural difference that comes to mind is barter, bartering systems. Yeah. Or uh, it's not even barter, it's haggling, haggling. Yeah. In some cultures, there is kind of this understanding that when you go to buy something, you're going to haggle. Right. And haggling, I, I wouldn't call it exactly lying, but you're certainly not being clear about what the price is. Well, you're assuming that the seller is lying about what the bottom, yeah, what right. the, what so the actual have, well, price is. Well, I'm not going to pay that much. And the sellers know they have to lie yeah. about what right. the quote-unquote price is. But it's is. an understood thing. And in fact, it's kind of weird if you don't do it. Right. And similarly, the one I, the example I was giving about Bogota when I was growing up, and it wasn't just Bogota, it was kind of like country in general. It wasn't great, but there there was like this cultural need for it maybe where, where, where it's like, look, there's not a lot of money to go around. I don't trust you because you're not from around here. I'm going to need to hedge my bets here. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Right. So there are experiments or data that show that the tax compliance and tax lying by mm-hmm. taxpayers in different countries varies widely. 
the United States actually has a really high tax compliance and a, and a, and a really low tax lying rate. Mm-hmm. Other countries, it's just assumed that yeah. like 95% of people are just blatantly lying on their taxes. Uh, an- another example along those lines, uh, I think you might have seen this even when you were there, but it used to be chronic growing up again in Bogota. No one respected stoplights mm. and stop signs. No right. one. Yeah. It's like there's a red light didn't mean you have to stop. There's a red light meant right. not, not as that, long as no one's here, I'm just gonna run it. Right. Not that Colombians are a holes, nope. but it's like, well, if if no one else cultural. is if no one else is following it, then right. why would I? Right. It's just stupid. Like that's right. dumb. It's similar to jaywalking in Seattle. It's right. like why would you why would you be a schmuck and stand at the yeah. at the red light when no cars are coming when everyone else is just crossing the street, you know what I mean? But actually, what they found in the experiment with this shredding, mm-hmm. to- you know, money thing—no differences. No differences. <laughs> so what that shows is that humans, on average, have a tendency to lie that is very similar across mm-hmm. cultures. And th- then you just have different norms, local norms, but that's not the same as people's propensity for lies. Different norms, different cultures, different societies, different demands. You know, yeah. if if. if poverty is more of a factor then you're going to be more desperate you know yeah so it's not that like uh, americans are more trustworthy it's that our system is set up to promote more trustworthiness yeah and this flies in the face of a lot of people's notions of well you know italians they're a bunch of shysters over there yeah which actually doesn't doesn't turn out to be true I do wonder about, and I don't know if you're getting to this, uh, social, uh, economical differences in the in these kinds of money-based lives. I'm not, but they didn't go over that. But but uh, for sure, uh, we could imagine more desperation affecting things. But at the same time, I wonder, because I could see a society, who knows, where things are, you know, spread pretty thin. Very few people have cell phones. Very few people have running water. They can't afford it. Their homes are pretty modest, if you will. And yet, honesty, because of the way people feel in their community, might be quite high. It, it, it's just one of these things where, for example, again, just referencing what I grew up with, the street culture was a culture of constant need to deceive. Uh, because, you know, you'd pull up in your car at the corner and the whole thing is they're always trying to get a buck because they need to, right? And a lot of times these would be young kids being used by older adults and they get trained. Right. They get trained on how to scam, how to scam, how to scam. Why? Because those kids and the pimps, if you will, yeah. literally wouldn't be able to eat yeah. if they didn't do that job exactly. because they're being discriminated so against. So it's like, do, do, to your point, it's not that... This human has a higher propensity genetically to lie. Right. It's that in their circumstances, that's the culture. <laughs> right. It's, there's yeah. no other way or the, seemingly no other way. So if you have a society that supports people so they can get jobs, yeah. then there's no need to, you know, you don't, people yeah. don't want to lie is the yeah. point. Uh, all right. So I just want to go over some famous liars. When you think of like famous liars, who, who comes to mind, bro? The uh, Ponzi scheme guy, Bernie Madoff. Right. He ran the largest Ponzi scheme in history worth about $65 billion. What's a Ponzi scheme, Berto? Ponzi scheme is uh, based on a dude that was literally named Ponzi. Uh, It's where you essentially say, look, 
You give me money, I'll give you back more money than you gave me. But then you go and do that to many people. And what you're actually doing is you're using the money they're giving you to sort of pay off the initial investors. But you're not intending to pay off everyone because you can't because there's no real investment. And then you're hoping to grab the money and either run or keep it going until luck runs out. Uh, and that's it. Right. <laughs> it's a pyramid. It's a, made out of cards. Right. Um, we did an episode on Tanya Head, who was the Spanish woman who claimed to be a survivor of the attacks of the World Trade Center on 9-11. Oh, yeah. Oh, and she, she was interviewed often. Crazy. She became president of the World Trade Center Survivors that's Network crazy. support group. And it turned out she wasn't even in the U.S. Jeez. during 9-11. We also have Lance, we did an episode on Lance Armstrong oh, right. for his his lying. Uh, Bill Clinton lied. I did not have sexual relationships, sexual relations with that woman. And then you have people like OJ, and you have people like uh, Bill Cosby, and you have people like yeah, you know, like especially the OJ one is really interesting, right? Just one of these like a lifetime of now maintaining that semblance of yeah, you know, yeah, Millie Vanilli. Oh my God! Yes, I was just listening to a Millie Vanilli song uh, on the weekend. Girl, you know it's true. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh, James Fry, who wrote "A Million Little Pieces," the book. Oh, the Oprah thing. Yeah. Yes. Stephen Glass, who what was that one? He was a, a news reporter for the New Republic, Harper's, and Rolling Stone. He wrote a bunch of articles, mm. and he basically just made him up. There's actually a pretty interesting movie called Shattered Glass starring Hayden Christensen, oh, who plays it. Interesting. Um, Tucker Max, they actually talk about this in the documentary. He was this guy who wrote this really famous book about being a douchebag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember this one, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they essentially, this is the early days of the internet, and they used the internet to lie and to say, like, yeah. um, oh, the feminists are coming after us when the feminists weren't coming after them. And then that would cause actual feminists to go, hey, wait a second, there is something wrong with this book. And then the anti-feminists would fight, you know, and they would create all these, they would send <laughs> thousands of fake emails yeah. and, and internet posts to create this illusion of a debate. And then people actually gr were like flies to right. shit, just like came to the debate. And then, oh. of course, the sales went through the roof of the book. Yeah. What about uh, similar uh, Dan Bilzerian? You know that one? No, who's that? Uh, he was an internet celebrity. He would post all these videos and things of how rich and how wealthy he was, and how he'd have all these crazy parties, and uh, like he was just a jet setter. But he was faking it. Like he would rent these very expensive places. He was massively in debt, and he'd like, um, and it was just it came out finally, and then yeah, yeah. We also have Brian Williams. You remember his lie? Uh, wait, wait, Brian Williams. He's a news anchor kind of person. Right, what was the lie? Well, he claimed that a military helicopter... <gasps> the helicopter, yes. Yeah, that he was in, that he was in, in had been war, yeah. forced down after being hit by an RPG. Which is a, such a weird... Yeah. Like, why did you need that? Well, so this is actually an interesting lie. Brian Williams really got dinged for it. He's back you know, yeah. on TV now, but... And there's been a lot of actual debate about it that I haven't really appreciated. So what happened, as far as I can tell, is that he was in Iraq during yeah. one of the wars, and he was in a, a there were a series of helicopters, and one of, and this is the this is the the truth of what happened. One of the helicopters in that 
in that crowd of helicopters was forced down due to weather. Mm. But it was like very far away from his helicopter. So by the time he lands, he hears, oh, one of our helicopters that was in our convoy that was way back there had to force land because of weather. Mm. Okay. So he's in Iraq and he is incentivized to kind of play that up. So when he tells, because, you know, reporters go to the scene of of these wars, not to necessarily report on what's happening, or at least part of the reason, but another part is to bolster their career of like, I was there. Right. I was there when this happened. I was there in the crap. And they want to get that shot of them right there. And so he's probably telling someone, this is all speculation on my part from this point forward. He says, you know, a week later, he's like, yeah, it was kind of crazy. We were in helicopter and this... This helicopter was forced down from from weather. It was like yeah. I saw it right next to me, and then a year and this is many years, you know. Yeah. And a year later, he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, um, one of the helicopters was actually hit by an RPG and had That's to be landed." A big leap, right? And then another year later, he's like, "Yeah, actually, our helicopter was hit by an RPG and we were forced to land." It's so weird, though. I mean, like, okay, you, you've heard my story of. Um, me in Miami getting pulled over with my friends in the Jaguar. If you don't remember it, I'll tell it in our in our 13-year anniversary. Yeah. I'll tell that one. But to me, it's the equivalent of every time I tell it, there is – now there's uh, FBI helicopters. Right. Now there's tanks. Now right. there's – So it's not normal behavior. No. Now, can d- does memory morph over time? Yes. And this is the argument that yeah. a lot of people are saying. Sure. It's like – well, look, hey, everyone, because there's this huge backlash on him. Yeah. And then other people are coming out saying, hey, you don't understand how memory works, man. <laughs> memory is malleable. And, like, it doesn't work like that. And I'm like, to well. To an extent. <laughs> yeah, to an extent, but not like that. It'd be one thing if he forgot why the helicopter had to land. Like, he's like, well, yeah, there, I, I, we, we were told a helicopter had to land. And I think it was hit by an RPG. And then three, three years later, he's like, yeah, one of the helicopter, But... To claim that your <laughs> helicopter was hit by an RPG, you would remember not just that detail. You would remember the explosion, the terror. Do you he, remember when I had to come down to Cuba and bail you out of that jail cell? Yeah, right. Isn't that how it happened? I mean, you know, memory is malleable, so maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, so people were reporting that memory is malleable, yes, but <laughs> if memory's that freaking malleable then literally none of our memories are even remotely close to. Now, <laughs> are our memories uh, not exact? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But that one would be pretty hard. This is a family guy style memory. <laughs> yeah. And he also said these things publicly. So that's how, yeah. they, that's how they knew the progression of his lie is he would say this on the air. So then the other thing is like, okay, what about self-deception? Because it furthers your career, or at least your grandiosity and your narcissism, to bol- to brag that you were in you were in the shit, man, and people convinced themselves. So yeah. was it a lie, or was it a brag that you just slowly started to believe about yourself? I could see either thing. Happening. I've seen those. There is at least one person that I know who told a lie about about their education, and then uh, after many years. Believe it. I could swear that they believe it. Yeah. But at what point, if you're Brian Williams, especially a public figure talking on the news, 
do you say to yourself as you're about to tell that story for probably the 200th time, do you say to yourself, wait a second, Yeah. let me go back to this memory. Am I sure that this is because, because there are times when I do that, I'll be telling a story and halfway through the story, I'm like, well, wait a second, actually, I know, I know enough about myself to know that maybe I'm actually fudging this a little bit because right. I, because I want this thing to be true. Well, like the time you were being carried through the parade in New Orleans and everyone broke out into the Twist and Shout song and you stood up and sang it like Ferris Bueller? Well, so the first part of what you said is actually true. I was carried <laughs> through the parade in New Orleans because I was on a hospital gurney uh, last... Uh, Wait, but the, the second part isn't true? Because that's how I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Rashomon, uh, baby. <laughs> yeah. But also that wasn't New Orleans. It was Chicago. Come on. Uh, all right. So let's go into our lies, Brito. So... What are some recent lies? Uh, give me, give me your recent lies that you've that you've committed recently. All right. So recently, I convinced myself to an extent, and a and an agent, and some people like my mom, that I wanted a new house, that I wanted to sell my house and move. Why? Well, because what happened is I heard that a house like two blocks away sold for an ungodly amount of money, way more than it should have. And so then I, I started thinking, oh man, if I sold my house, I could move south like to Tacoma and get a much bigger house and it would be glorious. Wait, where's the lie? Well, the lie is that I didn't want to move, but yet I got a real estate agent. Wait, so I you're just kind of looking at places. Just I kinda... went to multiple places. Were you just tricking yourself? I was not only tricking myself... I was... I don't... That's not a lie. Well, that, I think it's a lie because if, if you had asked me, just like, stop, Barrow, for a second. Do you want to move? I would have told you no. Then you would have been like, why are you doing this? And I would have said, because I, I want to have both. Okay. And so I went... As I, I, I talked to a lender. I, I, was, I was one minute away from signing an offer letter. What? I was one minute away from signing an offer letter. Oh, my god. I would have moved... To, to, to do these podcasts, I would have had to tell you we can only do it like once a month or something. <laughs> yeah. All right. So one of my lies is, and actually, I don't know if I'm lying to myself or I'm actually not a liar or there's not a lot of opportunity. You know, one of the nice things about my career is I have a lot of control over my career. And I think that that actually allows me to tell the truth a lot. Like, I don't have to save yeah. people's feelings. I don't have to convince anyone of anything. Right. And so... There's not a lot of opportunities for me to lie, really. But anyway, I was really trying hard to think of some lies that I said. But I, but I did lie to by omission to my wife that I. So someone has been stalking me. Oh boy! Not terribly. Okay. But uh, I won't go into the details. But there's an individual who is. We'll just say mildly stalking me. I mean, the messages I send you are all in good intentions. Well, you know, just don't. It's not okay. <laughs> um, and I immediately wanted to tell Stacy because uh -huh. it just was interesting on some level and right, I felt right. like she should know. And then I stopped myself and I was like, nope, if I tell her, she's going to freak out. And in the back of my mind, I felt ashamed because... I brought this on our family. Oh, yeah. And I didn't want to feel that shame. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I didn't tell her. But then 
eventually, once it seemed to have gotten to a point where there wasn't really anything to worry about, then I told her. Mm. <laughs> but I did. That is a lie by omission. It's something that she would want to know. Yeah. That is obvious that I would tell her. And I stopped myself because I wanted one. I didn't want to. I didn't want to scare her. So it was a bit of altruism. Yeah. But also, I didn't want her to say, "Your career did this to us." Yeah. Kind of a thing. Tell me about another library. Wait, wait, did you find a bunny, a dead bunny, in your <laughs> in your pot? Um, okay. Was it a bunny? No, it was like yeah. A, oh, it was a bunny. It's a white rabbit. It's a white rabbit. Okay. Okay. So this one, it happened more than once, and you'll probably understand why. But it was still a lie. Saying that I felt fine, that I felt healthy, that I felt okay. Yeah. Multiple times, uh, in my work context, and to some of my other friends. See, with you and with Ron, for example, I was very open about, hey, this is what's happening. Yeah. This is what I'm going through. Uh, with your it, with your thyroid, with with the, everything that started happening to me all last year and into uh, uh, the whole thing, but as we talked, not at first, right? Remember that first time in the hospital a year and a half ago? I I didn't tell you I was all, all by myself, right. right? So we had that conversation. Well, but this time I was better. I at least told you. I told Ron. I told a couple of people. But there's a lot of people I didn't tell anything about, and so much so that we had been texting about stuff all through that time, and then later they found out and they're like, wait, what? And at work professionally, uh, I did. I had to mention some things to like my boss to say, "Hey, I might have to miss some time because of this and that." But there were many times I was like, "So, are you feeling okay? Because it's okay if you want to take time off." And I'm like, "No, I feel fine." So why did you lie? I didn't. Okay, there were probably three things. Number one, if I'm being fully honest, I think that confronting the reality of the situation scared me. So saying like, "I'm actually really not doing well." Kind of like you're disabled. Yeah, I'm kind of disabled. Yeah. That scared me. Number two, I didn't want to miss out. I've had this thing my whole life. Um, I think we've talked about this. Yeah, when you were four and your parents were partying downstairs and you were like, hey, you guys. It wasn't even my parents, right? It was my, I woke up from a nap in the middle of the day and I heard fun voices from my cousins and my grandma downstairs. And I was devastated. FOMO. I ran downstairs. I was like, hey, what is <laughs> happening? <laughs> but it was deeper than that. It was me missing out on my mom. It was yeah. me missing out on you know a lot of things. So I felt like if I say I'm actually the, as sick as I am, they'll be like, well, take a health leave. And then I'll miss out. And then I'll have to like not be at work. And then someone else will have to do my job. And You'll become obsolete. And no one knows how to make those triangles like I do. What the hell? Okay, and then there was a third reason. I mean, to be fair, no one does know how to make those triangles like you do. That's true. But there was a third reason. And this one is kind of funny. Because of the pandemic, I was able to get away with it. Because right. you know what I, I could do? I could take a break. I could go lie in my own bed for 15 minutes and then feel better and then coming down and keep working. Right. Whereas if I had been in an actual office, I couldn't have. Right. So it's, yeah. My second lie is I knowingly exaggerated, I think, in a Yelp review the other day. <laughs> From a restaurant or something? Yeah. <laughs> so me and the pod wife, we go out because now we're fully vaxxed and it seems seemingly everyone in Seattle is fully vaxxed as well. And we go to a restaurant in Ballard and sit down and the 
you know, the host sits, 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 sits down and says, oh, you know, here's a seat for you, sit down. And we're sitting there, and we're sitting there, and we're sitting there. Hmm. No menu, hmm. no water, hmm. no drink order, oh, gosh, no food order, no acknowledgement. I see waiter after waiter walking by, yeah. and I'm trying... covered I, in mud? I'm What's trying happening? To, yeah, and it's not like we were around a corner. I mean, we were... Out, we were actually on the street, like there's outdoor seating. Yeah. So it's just one big kind of, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a, a stable of, of maybe six tables. It's not yeah. even like 13. It's like there's like seven tables and we're one of them. And the waiter, and I keep trying to, you know, I'm not being a dick about it, but yeah. after, you know, 15 minutes, I'm like, well, maybe if I get their attention. But, you know, they just, they avoid eye contact. Yeah. And I don't know how long it was. But eventually, and Stacy doesn't normally do this. She's like, let's just go. And I was right. like, oh, you know, because I'm usually the impatient one. She's like, this is ridiculous. Let's just go. And so we stood up and left. And immediately in this other restaurant, as I'm uh, having my drink and my water and my attention from actually, it's funny, in the next restaurant, two waiters thought we were in their station. So we would have oh, one waiter come over, attention. one waiter say, Hey, can I take a drink order? We get the drink order. Another waiter come up. Hey, what's your drink order? Like, well, actually another person. <laughs> and then another person say, Hey, uh, can we get your food order? We get the food order. Another person goes, hey, can we get your food order? We're like, yeah, what, what's going on here? You, know, <laughs> you, you should probably go down the street cause they need some help. <laughs> they need help. But anyway, I'm sitting there giving my Yelp review oh, and okay. I, and I say 35 minutes. I think oh, okay. I, I think I might've said 45 and then I went back, back, back. I was like, that's probably exaggeration. I said, we were sitting there for 35 minutes and nothing happened. It was probably more like 20 minutes. Sure. So I lied. But it felt like 35. <laughs> but it was a lie. You know, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't 35. It could have been 35, but I'm pretty sure. 15 sh- minutes is too much. Yeah. 10 w- minutes without, without yeah. anything? Yeah. And it was, again, we're talking about not... It wasn't like a ginormous restaurant where you're... It's a socially distant restaurant. Yeah, there were seven tables and there were three waiters. There were three waiters, yeah. you know what I mean? And Because I, I, I could... All three of them came outside. Actually, you know? something very similar happened to me uh, a few weeks ago. I went to a, a restaurant that I really like, uh, but I hadn't been there, obviously, for a long time. And, and we were sitting outside, me and this other person. And I was so excited to be there. But we didn't get any service for the longest time. And the the weirdest thing is that the waiter had come out and talked to us early on, BSed a whole bunch about this, that, and the other thing. And yet we didn't get anything after that. So, like, the other person had to go inside and be like, hey, we, we have not gotten anything. Which is really awkward because then the same person comes out who we had interacted very positively with. But it's weird. It's like they, they kind of forgot about it. Or something. Yeah, I mean, that happens, right? You you don't, as a waiter, you don't yeah. realize, oh, this person, I didn't know that was my table. I thought right. it was so-and-so's table. Yeah. But usually in a restaurant, you have a lead person, because I've worked in restaurants before, that keeps track of those kinds of mistakes. Yeah. Like, I noticed that, ta- I, you know, that couple has been sitting there for a while. I don't see any menus on there. I don't see any water. I don't see utensils. They've been sitting there for, for, for a while. Someone needs to do something about that, you know? Or, or just, I don't know. Anyway, the point is, is like, why would I lie? Well, I was hurt. I felt discriminated against, and I was annoyed, and I was hangry. And I also <laughs> felt kind of, if maybe it's an age thing as well, because, you know, I'm 50 years old, and people hanging out in Ballard are not that old anymore. <laughs> and I wonder if a part of me felt like, 
I'm being thrown out with with the garbage as an old person. <laughs> Although you don't look that old, you know. But uh, again, in my in my heart, this sure. is maybe what's happening. And I wanted to hurt him back. Yeah. I, I, you know, 20 minutes doesn't sound that bad, but 35 minutes, yeah. that sounds pretty bad. Yeah. And honestly, it very well could have been 35 minutes. I don't know. Yeah. Another lie that I told my students, and I know some of my students are listening, uh, particularly one student I know is listening right now that I told this lie to. We were talking about graduation. We were talking about the ceremony. Mm. And I lied and I said, it's great. I like the graduation ceremony. <laughs> oh, right. In reality, I find the graduation ceremonies to be fairly boring. Oh, interesting. Now, right. I, I like seeing the graduates. <laughs> do I, 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 I like seeing the graduates graduate, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but mo- 99% of a commencement ceremony are random board members whom, who I've never <laughs> met giving a speech and some boring person. Now, we did have Chris Novoselic. Uh, give a speech one oh. time at, at our graduation. That's cool. And I shook his hand. You know, I never, I, ne- I didn't attend my UW graduation. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you did, probably didn't miss much. I, I think I, I think I slightly napped through through mine. <laughs> but I, I love seeing the graduates. But a lot of it isn't really centered on the graduates. It's it's centered on these other randos, and I, it's really boring. But I didn't want my students to not go to the ceremony because it's actually kind of a it's meaningful. It. it yeah. It feels good to go there. So I lied and I said, I love the ceremony <laughs> when I don't really like the ceremony. <laughs> that's that's uh, fair. <laughs> uh, another lie that I, I, I was trying to think of like a big lie, like a really obvious lie that I, because these, yeah. these lies that I told you, you know, they're not like huge. Sure, sure. And the one that popped in my mind was I was in Los Angeles and I went to the Magic Castle. Have you been? No. It's really fun. What's is that a? It's a huge. It's a huge mansion, like right off, right, right off of the Sunset Strip. I think it's not the Hughes Mansion. No, it's. I think it's not too far from there. But it's Magic Castle. It's it's this huge, um, uh, like old looking mansiony looking house. Hughes. What's the guy? The there's that famous rich person's house down there in L.A. I don't know. Anyways, and. It, there's all these different theaters in this mansiony house, and they do. And there's magic. So every I don't know how often, but there's like a restaurant, and then oh. and and everything's real, like nineteen or eighteen eighties kind of okay. looking, like a lot of red velvet, and yeah. it's just a really cool thing. And you you need to say a secret word, and you go through this secret door, Ooh, like the the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror kind of thing. And you can't even get a reservation normally. Uh-huh. Someone that's a member, like a magician, what? has to actually authorize you to go. Oh, my gosh. So I met a, a magician, and I asked, and I knew he was in L.A., and I remember asking him, I was like, are you a member of Magic Castle? He's like, yeah. And I, was, and I was like, can you endorse me to actually get me? And he's like, sure. Oh my gosh. And so it was the best. You know, there's all these little nooks and crannies in this mm-hmm. building, and each room has different magicians doing like really amazing magic acts to like 14 people. Wow. And I'm in the front row, and I'm watching this one magic guy, and he says, Hey, you know, come up on stage. And I'm like, I-, I got called up on stage in the Magic Castle like three times. It was, oh, really? it was weird. I-, I just had one of those looks. Did they saw you in half? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they pull me up on stage and he's doing this card trick or some kind of thing with his hands. 
and he uh, he's like he's like do you see this and I'm I'm trying to play along I'm trying to play along and then when the reveal happens he holds up his hands to the audience the backs of his hands to the mm-hmm. audience. but him and I can see the fronts of his hands the inside and he asks me a question mm-hmm. and I can't remember how the magic trick worked but written on his finger was a number two or something like that okay. and so I could cl- he was like so what's the answer. And he's pointing right at this big two. number two that only him and I can see. Yeah. And at that moment, I'm like, oh, I see how, in a split second, right. I'm like, I see how this magic trick works. Right. It's just, you're just hoping I'll go along with this. Right. What if I said five? Oh my God. You're fucked. Yeah. So I lied. Oh. To the entire audience, okay. and I said two. Okay, okay. I was thinking you lied and said, or, you know, you, you said five. <laughs> or I said, I have no idea, but you have a two written on your hand, because that would be the truth. Oh my but God. I didn't say that. I just said, yeah. I just played along, and I said two, and the audience was wowed, oh my and I sat back down, and people came up to me, and I said, I don't know how it worked, because I didn't oh want- Oh my God. Because I didn't want to- That's such a big risk, though. I didn't want to out him. I right. But- why did this this magic guy had never met me? He yeah. probably looked at me and thought he probably has a way of reading people right. a little bit. You're like, gonna help me, aren't like you? Like I, I probably had a big smile on my yeah, face yeah. or something. He's and, so happy I didn't go up. <laughs> would I have done it though? Would you have done it? I mean, I'm a troll. You know, I'm a troll. But imagine this is like half an hour no, into. I would have helped him. Yeah. Yeah. So you're. You're. Helped. I mean, it would. It would. It would completely everything. everything. The audience would be bummed out. Yeah. The magician would be oh, so upset. would just have to walk off the stage. And I've never been invited to the castle again. Yeah, there's so many demands yeah. on that situation. It's you, just so much. It. It's easier to yeah. lie. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, Berto, final word on our second episode about lying. Uh, I, I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Everyone out there, please, truthfully, take care of yourself because you deserve it.